the, um, what I'd like to talk about is the relationship between Avram Avinu and his son Yishmael. Uh, you know that he had a son whose name was Yishmael. And um, there are some difficulties in understanding what exactly the relationship between the father and the son uh, was. Now, uh, some might say that that relationship between Avram and Yishmael, whatever it was, affects us to this very day. But that's not uh, what I'm so interested in. I'm more just interested in trying to understand the Tzukim. So we're going to learn these Tzukim with Rashi, and then a few other ideas, and we'll be able to uh, put it together. The Pasuk begins, or the Pasha begins, that the Pasha we're interested in, So the Parasha begins with a name change. Now, name change means that the old person becomes a new person. I mean, whatever the meaning of the name change is, Right, that's of course very important, but even before you know what the name change is, you have to admit that you don't change a person's name unless the person is changing. Now we know that Sarah is going to change, because she's going to change from a woman who cannot have a child into a woman who can have a child. I mean, that's a change that's going to take place. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Avram Avinu, don't call her Sarai, but call her Sarah. Now Rashi says, you see Rashi in the second part of the page, Lo Shema Sarai, the Mashma Sarai Li Velo Lacherim. Okay, it means Sheli, like the ending E, of course it's an I, but E, I, it's the same thing. It means mine. Sarai Li Velo Acherim, Ki Sarah stam shema shetehi Sarah al hakol, so that the change according to Rashi that had to take place in Sarah before she could have a child that would be the legitimate inheritor of Avinu was she had to feel a, a kind of general responsibility. She had to be belonged to everything. She had to like have a universalist quality to her. And since she grew up in a kind of a small-minded town, someplace in Babylonia, uh, it's, un- it's impossible that she started life thinking of herself as a great person. And now a Kodesh Bochul says to Avramavino, listen, we've got to re- according to Rashi, right? We've got to remake her. We're going to make her into, we're going to make her into a a universal kind of mother. The mother of all... Uh, what did he say, Saddam Hussein? The mother of all wars? Did he say that? Um, or maybe his press agent said that. I don't know. But, but the, in, in other words, on the one hand, there's a change. It used to be Sarah, now it's Sarai. And that she, Sarai became Sarai. Good, so it's good you're listening. <laughs> So Sarai became Sarah. So that means that the old person is exchanged for a new person. Now what quality is being exchanged according to Rashi? This feeling that she's not just the mother of 
a child or becoming the mother of a child, but she's the mother somehow universally, the entire world. She's the mother of the entire entire world. The next pasuk. Uverachti natati mimena lecha ben. So that's the connection, right? Changes. She's a changed person. And she's going to do something that the old person could not do. And that is to have a, to have a son. Uberachtiha. Uberachtiha, right? An added advantage that comes from a Kodesh Vahaita legoyim malchei amim mimena yihiyu. So, this is a great blessing. She's going to be, she's going to be a mother. She will have a son. She will be blessed. But the son, the son that she has will be a melech, right? A king, be in charge, right? This universalist idea that Rashi is promoting, that this is not a family simcha, but that this is uh, an international simcha. Everybody's going to be affected by the fact that she has a child. Rashi comments on the words there it is she became young again that's the bracha she's a changed person with a changed name you know that she changed physically when she was physically unable and now she became physically able that's like an interesting an interesting thing. Uberachtiha. Uh, what is the specific bracha that she is going to get? Bahanakat uh, shadayim. That she will be able, she will be able to, uh, uh, to feed her, her young. The people would say, you know, they had this party when Yitzchak was born. They said, oh, you know, this is probably a baby that they found someplace out in the street. They all brought babies, but they didn't bring somebody to, to suckle the babies. That's pretty good. That she didn't just, she wasn't just able to suckle her own child, but she was able to, to feed all the children that came to the party, to the Yitzchak, to the Yitzchak party at that day. Okay, so that's the bracha. Bracha is always more than enough. Right? Enough is... It's not a bracha. Enough is, you know, if you do what you're supposed to do, you should be able to make it. Bracha means more than enough. So she was not only able to feed her own child, she was able to feed all the children. That's called, that's called bracha according to, according to Rashi. Okay. Vayipol Avraham Pasuk Yudzayim. This is like, this is the difficult Pasuk that everybody knows. Vayipol Avraham apanava Yitzchak vayomet libo halaven meyashana yivaled v'insara habat tishim shana teleis. Right, so it could be 
It could be that you should explain this pasuk the way you've learned to explain it. That it sounds like Avram Avinu is being a little cynical about, he says, what do you mean? You mean, I'm a hundred and she's ninety and we're going to have a baby, even though, you know, today anything is possible, right? <laughs> but in those days, in those days, anything was not yet possible. So Avram Avinu says, I mean, if you want to be a little theological about it, a little theological about it, it would seem that, you know, even miracles have to be contained within Teva, within, within the nature of things. If so, God created the world. God created That means that the, the rules of the created world should not easily be abrogated. So you know that the Rambam says, in the Moran Nebuchim, the Rambam explains what Chazal meant when they said that Kriyat Yamsuf was kind of predetermined at the time of creation. That sort of at the time of creation there was like a program. And the program included after several thousand years after creation, there'll be Kriyat Yamsuf. So the Rabbah likes that. Because that's a way of saying that Kriyat Yamsuf was Teva. In other words, sometimes Teva, things happen every day, right? The sun rises, sun sets. Sometimes they happen every month, right? The new moon, etc. Sometimes they happen from time to time, but in a predictable way, like uh, uh, a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse. Like you look at the almanac, it'll tell you when it's going to be, so there's a kind of a pattern. And there's some things that happen so rarely that it seems to us that they only have happened once, and that's called a miracle. But that doesn't mean that it was not somehow intended in creation that it should happen. Right? So it's like a different take on miracles. Different take on miracles. So Abba Vidu says, says to HaKadosh Baruch what do you mean? You yourself said, when you create, uh, you know, Kaviyoho. You, HaKaviyoho, said, when you created the world, that a man who's as old as I am, and a woman who's as old as my wife, can't have a baby. So what are you telling me now? They say, I'm gonna have, that we are going to have a baby? It's, it's like it's like a theological misunderstanding. It's not true. I mean, it is true, but it's not true. It's not true that, that it's obvious that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will change the way the world was created. It's not obvious. Because who created the world? HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu created that world forever. And that's why the first Rashi in Bereshit, you remember the first Rashi in Bereshit? The first Rashi in Bereshit. If it's for me, tell them I'm busy. Uh, the first Rashi in Bereshit, why did the Torah start from Bereshit and not start from HaKadosh Zelachem? The first mitzvah, he says, after all, what's the, what's the Torah about? The Torah is about the mitzvot that B'nai Yisrael have to do. So that's where you should start. So Rashi said, the answer is that when you get to Eretz Canaan, this is where we are, is Eretz Canaan. I mean, it doesn't look it, but it's Eretz Canaan. When you get to Eretz Canaan, the Canaanites are going to say, the Canaanites are going to say, who put us here? God put us here. Do you ever go to the United Nations? The Canaanites say, <laughs> the Canaanites say to, to Yoshua ben Nun, they say, who put us here? God put us here. So how can you, the Jews, come and kick us out? We're here. We're whatever is in the world. Whatever you see in the world, that's what God wants. That's what God wants. So, uh, 
So Rashi says that therefore the whole book or the, the story of Bereshit comes to tell us that sometimes God will change things in the world. It's true the Canaanites are in the world now, are in Eretz Israel now, but they're going to leave. And the Jews are going to take over. And that's something that God can do. The question of whether it was pre-planned or not is the question that the Rambam answers when he talks about Kriyat Yavsuf. So I hope that this is all not too confusing. But I just want to say that it's not so obvious to understand what, what Adam Ravina was saying. The critical word, of course, is the word Vayitzchak. I mean, it depends how you explain it. Vayitzchak. Vayitzchak, you could, like somebody, you know, there are people who smile, and you say to them, hey, why are you laughing? And then there are people who say nasty things, and they sound funny. Like Vayitzchak, it's a hard thing to figure out exactly what it was. So let's look at Rashi. V'chadi means he was happy. Doesn't mean he laughed. It means, you know, he was really happy about what he had heard. L'shon simcha. That, that, that's how Unculus translates. You know that Rashi thinks that Unculus is a primary commentator. Primary meaning he, he had access to the most original tradition that we know of. Unculus was the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva, Tano. Tanoim are the earliest people that we know of, but we don't know anybody earlier, like, you know, who told us what to do. So, Unculus said, V'chadi, L'shon Simcha, V'shel Sarah, L'shon Machuk. When Sarah laughed later on, Machuk, uh, it means, that what? What? Oh, okay. Mocking, that's what you said? I don't know what that means. Like parrots, when parrots talk to you, are they mocking? Parrots, parrots. You know parrots? They talk? So when a parrot talks to you, is it mocking? No, he doesn't know what he's doing, right? But you laugh anyway. Hmm, Why are you laughing? In in any event, what Rashi is saying is, Avram Avinu, he was good. He was happy in his joy that he heard that he was going to have a son. Sarah, when she laughed, she was, uh, uh, you can't say that about Sarah. She wasn't happy about it. So from here you understand that Avram Avinu believed. He was happy. Sarah did not believe that she would have a child. Which is interesting, because we know that elsewhere in Chazal, Sarah is given the Akolah, that she is the greater prophetess. And prophetess means that she knows something. Like, there's a certain kind of understanding of things that goes with being a prophet. A prophet is not just like a carpenter. A prophet is somebody who has understanding. To say that Sarah had more understanding than, than Abraham... I guess that's a big compliment. Right? So here, it turns out that, so, so you could connect this to this theological discussion that we just had, which is about whether God changes the way of the world, even for important matters. Do you change the way of the world? And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch responded, 
to Sarah, but did not respond to Avraham, because Avraham was doing the right thing. Halaven, Rashi, Gedini Rashi. Yesh to me hold kayamot kimo. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's a, a linguistic, a linguistic, uh, 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 thing. But the end of the Pasuk, the end of the Pasuk says, um, Vayomabilibo, Halaven meyashana yivaleid, bimsara habatichim shadatayleid. That sounds like Avram Avinu is being a little skeptical. Like, what is it? How, how can you say he's being happy? He said himself, it can't happen. Ha, a hundred years, ninety years, it's not going to happen. So if he said it's not going to happen, then, then what is he happy about? There's something kind of jarring here. So what does Rashi say? Halaven. I'm sorry. Im sarah bati shim shana haita kedai leilayt. Right? Like what's the big deal? In the earlier generations, everybody, I mean, all the men gave birth to children when they were 500 years and older. Right? If you look at the list, at the end of the Pasha Beresh, at the end of Pasha Noah, everybody's giving birth men. Of course, they don't mention the women. Right? Maybe the women were all 10 years old. I don't know. But the men were all 500 years old. So it's likely that the women also uh, had an advanced age, of advanced age. He says, no, he says, the time of Avram Avinu, the age went down. <coughs> and everybody got weaker, etc., etc. So, so again, what did Avram Avinu say? What did Avraham Avinu say that could be explained as being joy? Explained as being joy. So I thought, I thought that you could say a different shot in the Pesach. Now this, uh, contrary to my uh, position in general, I'm going to tell you something that I thought of, and I can't find anybody else who said it, which probably means that I'm wrong. But I'm going to tell you anyway. I'll tell you anyway. If you want to do like a, write it down and make an X on it, you could do, you could do that. But I think that that you could explain the conversation between Akhodesh Bokhu and Avram Avinu in the following way. God said, God said to Avram Avinu, and the continuation validates my shot, even though you can still put an X in it. But this is, he says, He was happy. He was happy. Why was he happy? Obviously, God is not referring to a son that Sarah and I will have together. He, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, must be referring to another son that I could have with Hagar. And everybody knows that eventually Avraham had many other children with a wife whose name was Keturah. And Keturah, according to Chazal, was Hagar. So that Abraham continued to have relations with Hagar, and he had children with her. So that Abraham Avinu, Avinu says, "Oh, again, we're going to have a child. I'm going to have a child with Hagar, or somebody like Hagar, which is going to prove to be a uh, a successful experiment, unlike Yishmael, which was not such a such an ex- such a successful." Uh, um, experiment, and therefore, therefore, Avraham Avinu. Then the next pasuk 
You see Pasuk Yudchet? Vayom Avram el Elohim Lu Yishmael Yechyeh Lifanecha. Suddenly, who does he bring in? Who does he bring in? He brings in Yishmael. So he says, like you say, if the best we can do is have another son like Yishmael, not like in his characteristics, but in the same way that Yishmael was born with a surrogate mother. So, Lu Yishmael Yechyeh Lifanecha. So, I want to put in a good word for Yishmael. Because Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu in his, his, his natural inclination was <coughs> as an educator. Educators never give up. Never. That's why they stay in the field. Right? Otherwise they would all run away and jump off of buildings. But they stay in the field because they don't give up. Because they look at the students and they say there's hope. They keep saying this, hope, I'll do this, I'll do that, okay, this, that, that, that was Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu is seen by Chazal amazingly, even though there's not a single real reference in the Torah as a, a Baal Tshuva monger. He just went around, like, what did the Vaita Eishel Bever Sheva, what did the Chachomim say? He made a, a, a McDonald's, I used to say, a red apple rest, but now nobody knows what the red apple rest is. But it's still there, by the way. I mean, you can't, you can't buy anything, but it's still there. I remember you built this hotel. And people used to come and used to feed them. And then he would say, in exchange for feeding you, all you have to do is say, Birkata Mazon. That's all. It's like sort of similar to a Chabad-style tactic today. Right, you know, uh, we'll feed you. All you have to do is make a bracha, right? That's all. And, and if you don't want to, you don't have to, but come back again and then you'll make a bracha, right? That's the, this is the Avril Lavinu method of, uh, of the Baal Tshuva business. He was the one who invented the Baal Tshuva business according to, according to, uh, to Chazal. So he did not lose faith in Yishmael. When, uh, when Sarah came to him and said, kick him out, he didn't want to. HaKadosh Baruch had to tell him that, you know, it's hopeless. You've got to get rid of him. And now when HaKadosh Baruch says to Avram, you have another son, and he thinks that the other son will be born from some other woman, he says, Lu Yishmael Yechyeh Lefanecha. What does Rashi say? Lu Yishmael Yechyeh, you see, Pasuk Yudchet, Halavai Sheyichyeh Yishmael. So Rashi says, says, Yishmael, Abraham said, Yishmael, that's enough. I don't, I mean, how could I be Zoha to merit another son? Rashi says that, not me. So I think you could, you could build on that. You could build that, that Avram Avinu, Avinu looks at a Kodesh Baruch and says, look, I got a son, and he needs a lot of work. I don't think I could put up with another one just now. You know, someone who's going to inherit. You know that all the other children that he had, the children of Keturah, he sends them away. He sends them away. He's not, he, like he was totally engrossed with Yitzchak and Yishmael at that time. He had no way of dealing with all the other, with all the other children. In any event, that's what I thought. Now, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Vayom Elohim an explanation since Avraham Avinu misunderstood 
he thought that the mother of the new son would be either Hagar or somebody like Hagar. So HaKadosh Baruch has to explain it to him. That's Pasuk Yutet. So Hakimoti et Briti Ito means he will accept the mantle of Avram Avinu. Just as the Brit was originally made between God and Avram Avinu, that Brit will be continued between God and the Son who is going to be who is going to be born. Uh, and then he says, Pasukaf, here. Yeah. See Pasukaf? Uli Yishmael Shmaticha. What did Avram ask about Yishmael? Huh? Lu Yishmael Yichyelifanecha. Yichyelifanecha, existence. He just should not be punished. He should not be punished for the way he is. That was the the the, the, the request that Avram Avinu had. What does Hakadosh Baruch Hu say to him? What does Hakadosh Baruch Hu say? Lishmael Shmaticha. I accept your plea on behalf of Yishmael. In other words, what bracha does Yishmael not receive? He does not receive. This is a non-political statement. What? No, he does not receive the bracha of Eretz Yisrael. He receives the bracha of Zerah. Many children, many nations, many kingdoms, but not Eretz Yisrael. That he does not. That he does not receive. So HaKadosh Baruch. So Avram Avinu made a plea. Lu Yishmael Yechiyayim Lefanecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Lu Yishmael Shmaticha. Yes. I accept the plea. And I will act accordingly. And what will he get? He'll get this bracha. Efreitiyoto. Efreitiyoto. Bimaod maod shteim asan nisim yolid. And that he will go get also. Efreitiyoto. That's a... That's a... Uh, a, a bracha that's in line with Teva, right? Because Adam Arishon was told to Uruvu and then Noach was also given that bracha of, of Pru'uruvu. That briti akim et Yitzchak asher tevei chasara lo veide zebeshana acheret, right? Ve'ed briti akim et Yitzchak akim. In other words, it will be newly established. The covenant will be newly established. Pasuk Kavbet. <laughs> this is like the Mepharshim discussed the theology of saying God is there and then God is not there. Now how does that work? Isn't God everywhere all the time? Uh, okay, so they say whatever they, they say whatever they say. No, I mean this is not our particular interest at the moment. But it's there. It's hidden. You know, this question is hidden in the text. That in the, in the parasha of Vayera, right? Vayera elav Hashem. Vayera elav Hashem. So where was HaKadosh Baruch before? And where's HaKadosh Baruch afterwards? That <coughs> the Rambam and the Ramban are very involved in this uh, uh, question. Pasuk Kav Gimel. Pasuk Kav Gimel. 
ויקח אברהם את ישמעאל בנות כל ידי ביתו וכל מתנת כספו, כל זכר באנשי בית אברהם ויעמול את בשר עולתם בעצם היום הזה כשידבר איתו אלוקים. So you see, you see that Yishmael is being reincorporated into the family. Right there's a, Avravino says, Yishmael, and the Kodesh Baruch said, okay, and then the Brit Milah is not only Avram and his household, but specifically Yishmael. Yishmael is pointed to, Yishmael is pointed to Yishmael, and this from the very beginning, you remember? Right? If you don't remember it from last year, you should remember it from Rosh Hashanah. You know what? That Yishmael went to Yitzchak and said, You were circumcised when you were eight days old. I was circumcised when I was 13, which means that who gets credit for Mesirat Nefesh? Yishmael, because 13 years old, he could have run away. He could have done something. Eight days old, a little hard. I mean, it's a little hard to explain to the child what's about to happen. But Yishmael understood what was going to happen. And so he came to Yitzchak and he said to Yitzchak, Mesirat Nefesh is one of the essential qualities of being a servant of God, Mesirat Nefesh, right? Being that level of devoted devotion that you're willing to give up your heart, your mind, your body for your belief in God. That's what um, that's what Yishmael said. So Hakadosh Baruch said to Yitzchak, "Okay, okay, that Yitzchak." Yitzchak proved that he was willing to give up. Everything. I, I'm just telling you what Rashi says. I'm not telling you any grace of Chochmahs. Well, maybe they are. But this is what Rashi says. This is what Rashi says. That that was, that was the, the tension between Yishmael and Yitzchak about who was the greater religious personality. Everybody knows that Yishmael was a blackguard and Yitzchak was a tzaddik. Everybody knows that. But Yishmael still had a ta'ana that at some point in his life he was Moshe Nefesh in a way that Yitzchak never was. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, well, we have to show them who Yitzchak really is and that's Akedat Yitzchak. So there's like a, this idea, I'm going to get to the next idea in a minute, like who was the greater, whose achievement is greater in Akedat Yitzchak? The fact that Abraham took his son to be sacrificed, right? Or the fact that his son was willing to allow himself to be sacrificed, which is the greater achievement, and there's an argument, the argument is that to say that Yitzchak's achievement was greater, because after all, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Abraham to go. It's not hard to do something, well, at least, not that I've ever had this particular experience, but it seems to me, that it's not hard to do something that God tells you to do. It, it, it doesn't, doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. You know, as you can say, Father, kill a son. I mean, gee, you know, it's like really sounds barbaric. It does. But if God tells you to do something that really sounds crazy, so I guess you would do it. You know, because I used to say in the yeshiva, I don't know if you've ever been in yeshiva, you know that not everybody gets on the morning. 
for minions. It's like, uh, so, so, uh, so the Rosh Hashim has to address this problem of people not getting up in the morning. Yeah. No, he doesn't argue. I don't think so. But not this week's parasha. <laughs> I don't think he argues. But uh, I think that in Sodom, Avinu didn't understand. And since he saw himself as being the great uh, 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 explainer of God in the world, he wanted to understand how, how he could explain the justice side of things. He said, what if there are 50 times when you kill the boy? He didn't, he didn't argue about the, the decision in heaven to destroy the cities. They didn't argue about it. He only argued about what would be if there were also a few tzaddikim in Sudan. In the end, God agreed with Avravinu that you have to save the tzaddikim. And he even saved Lot, who was not such a big tzaddik. So you see that, I, I don't think there, are, there was an argument. I think it was a lack of clarity on the part of Avram Avinu. You want to understand, like somebody comes to him, look at what your God did. He just wiped out uh, like a tsunami all these cities here in... Uh, uh, what do you say about that? So God is not just. God is not just. So, so, so in fact, it turned out that whatever there was in that city, whether the tzaddik in the city who was loath, was saved. So... That's the answer. the answer. The question was, are you going to kill the good guys and the bad guys? The answer is no. The good guys are going to be safe. So that's not exactly an argument. It wasn't like, Aravita said, no, the people in Sodom don't deserve to be punished. He didn't say that. He knew that they deserved to be punished. Now, since I answered this question, I forgot where I was, what I was saying before I answered this question. What was I saying? Oh, in the yeshiva, in the yeshiva, people get up, don't get, always get up in the morning, so the Rosh Hashiva has to address this problem. What's the address, I mean? I also don't like to get up in the morning. What am I going to say? So, uh, I used to say, I say this, I say this, that if you thought that God wanted you to get up in the morning and go to Minion, you'd get up and go to Minion. So, obviously, you don't think so. So, that, like, make people nervous for a couple of minutes, you know, like... <laughs> didn't change anything but I think I could feel they got a little nervous <coughs> so that if God says to Avram Avinu like what's the go, go sacrifice your son so he says look here I don't get it but I don't have to get everything you know there's a paraduma and there's all mitzvot that I don't understand. I don't have to get it if I know that that's what God wants so that's what I'm going to do so the question is he says but God said that uh, that Avraham will have uh, a lot of progeny, right? And if he kills his son, he's not going to have so many progeny. So Avraham would say, "Look, it's God's problem. It's not my problem. I'm just doing what God told me to do. God said I would have progeny. I'm going to have progeny. How it's going to happen, I don't know. But it'll happen. It was there's no the fact that the fact that things are contradictory in our world." doesn't necessarily mean that they're contradictory for God. I mean, um, I mean, you know, you can't second-guess God because then it's not God. So let's look again. Abraham and Tishimitesha should not be Molobasar Arlato Vishmael Beno. Ben Shloshesre should not be Molobasar Arlato. This is the high point in the life of Yishmael. The high point. Yishmael Beno. Before this time, he was simply not worthy. 
And after this time, after later on, he loses in the battle with with Yitzchak to be the son of Abraham. But at this moment, at this moment, he was Moshe Nefesh for Mila, and he was, in fact, as the Pesach says, Yishmael Bino. That's what he was. But Yishmael gets special mention. Yishmael gets special mention. He's on the marquee. Today, mass circumcision. Avram Avinu, Yishmael Beno, Kol Beito, unnamed. Everybody else on there. So you see, just from reading these psukim, I think that Yishmael had um, a less than obvious position in the world of Avram Avinu. And that Avram Avinu maintained hope that he could improve Yishmael and make him a worthy, make him a worthy son. And this is spite of the fact that Akkadish Bokhul told him that he was going to have another son and that the other son would be born in a miraculous way as the son of Avraham and so on. Now there are two Gemaras that relate to all of this, I think, that I think you should know. Turn to page two. The Gemara says this. The Gemara says, The son is a schut, is a merit for the father. I'm sorry. That's what I mean to say. A son, a son, a, a, a good son, I mean a son who learns Torah and does mitzvahs and all of that, is Mizake as Oviv. He, you know, when the father gets on his way, goes to the gates of Gan Eden, he said, don't look at me, just look at my son. And they let him in. But the son, right, Abba lo Mizake bro. But when the son gets to God Eden, and he says, oh, my father was a very important rabbi and a great Talmud Chokim, even though I'm like, you're just a jerk, you don't get anything, they say. You can't go in. So that the son is Mizake the father, and the father is not Mizake the son. Now, in Svorah, it makes sense. It makes sense to say that if, if a person if, if, if has a good son, that somehow it has something to do with the education that he allowed him. Like, so it's a schut. But if a father has a bad son, so that's bad for the father also. When the father is evaluated, it's obvious he wasn't, he wasn't careful, he wasn't involved, he wasn't concerned about the education of his children. So he's not going to get, he's not going to get schut. Now this principle, this principle is applied this is the principle applied by Chazal to Avraham and Terach. Terach is the father, right? And Avraham is the son. The Pesach says in our Pasha, you, Avraham, will go le'avotecha b'shalom. Well, where are avotecha located? So that was a problem. Chazal said, I mean, Terach was an old way which is another way of saying bad person. Very bad person. So a terach, you would think, would be on his way to H-E-L-L. And so, 
What do we talk about about the Tehra B'Shalom? You Abba Ravina will meet up with your fathers in peace while they meet up. Where do they meet up? They're not going to meet up. Abba Ravina go to 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 uh, heaven, and Tehra will go to hell. To the Chazal say no. The son saved the father, and the Ramban in his Peirush Alchumis says this wonderful. Uh, I don't know. Comparison, simile. He says there's a Gemara in Tommy. The Gemara says this, that the Eitzei HaMa'aracha, the trees that were used to fuel the fly fire on the Mizbech, you know, there was a fire always burnt on the Mizbech, and they fed the fire trees. Uh, you know, wood. They fed the fire wood, and it burnt. So up to now, it's like very regular. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says you could use any kind of wood for Eitzei HaMa'aracha except for wood from the olive trees and from the grapevines. You should not use the wood from the olive trees or from the grapevines. Why not? Because the olives provide the oil. And the grapes provide the wine that's used in the libations and in making the korbanot, the, the, the minachot, and the mizbeach. And so the Gemara says, this is a case of hitzilu haperot et ha'etzim. The fruit saved the tree. Because you want the zeitim, you want the olives, and you want the grapes, don't cut down the tree and use it for firewood. Could you use it in theory? Yes. There's no difference, but the Gemara says don't use those trees. So the Ramban says it's the same thing. Everybody is a person. And every person comes from something. Right? Comes from something. And if the Peirot are outstanding, so Memele the mela, what the trees? Yeah, the trees are also must be something to them. Must be something. Either we don't know what it was that Terach had that was so interesting. He must have had something. Must be something in his nature which allowed Avram Avinu to become Avram Avinu. That's what the Ramban. <coughs> that's what the Ramban says. So now we'll look at a different Gemara. Another Gemara. I don't know anything about it. I only know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know anything else. There's a Gemara in Pesachim that says this. There's Rabbi Avira. Zimnin Amarle Mishmede Rav. Zimnin Amarle Mishmede Ravashi. Or Ravasi. Maidichtiv. Vaigdala Yeled Vaigamel. Like what's my dal hayeled by Yigabel? By Yitzchak, Yitzchak grew up, and and he was weaned off of his mother's milk, and they had a party. They had a party. So the the story is this: Atid Hakadosh Baruch Hu la'atzot suuda la'tzadikim biyom sheyigabel chasdo lizaro shel Yitzchak. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to make a party. For all the tzaddikim, at the time that the chesed 
the, the divine uh, support, the divine chesed from God to all the descendants of Yitzchak will be known. What's going to happen at this party? What's going to happen to the party? So you know, Birkat Hamazon. There was a lot of people when there were ten people Birkat Hamazon. Uh, I'm not telling you the halacha. The, the Shulchan Aruch says even when there are three people in Birkat Hamazon, you should do Birkat Hamazon on wine. We're not knowing that way. We usually only do it when there's a minion, a minion of people eating eating at the meal. But in those days, it must have been a minion of all these tzaddikim who were there. So he gave the, they gave the wine. So Avinu said, I don't want to do it. You know, your people turn down honors sometimes. It's usually because they don't know the words. But here, Avram Avinu probably knew the words of Birkat HaMazon, no? So, uh, so why did he turn it down? No, Melahem. And even Melech, Sheyatsami Meni Yishmael. Yatsami Meni Yishmael, right? What does the Gemara say? What does the Gemara say? The Gemara of Sanhedrin. Baram Ezake Abba. Abba lo Ezake Baram. Which means that Abram Vidu is saying, I had a son, his name was Yishmael. And, and it's kind of something I hold against myself that I wasn't able to deal with it because I, I can't, just because I'm his father doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It's only the son that affects the father. But not the father, affects the son. She had Sami many Yishmael, Omelo Yitzchak, so they passed the wine to Yitzchak. Tolu Barech. Amalem Enim Mavarech, she had Sami many Esav. Same problem? I had a son named Esav. Omelo Yaakov, Tolu Barech, Omelem Enim Mavarech. I can't make a dubikata mazon. Shenasati Shte Achayot Bechayehem. I married, after all, Rachel and Leah while they were both alive. Which is forbidden in the Torah. Shatida Torah lo osrano Right? It doesn't say, I mean, it agrees with the position that since Rachel and Leo married to Yaakov Chutzlaretz, and there was, you know, the Torah was not, uh, yet established in Eretz Yisrael, whatever the reason. Somehow it was mutar, but not the right thing to do. According to, according to Yaakov. Not everything that's mutar is responsible. Shouldn't do everything that's mutar. We'll get into a lot of trouble. Okay. Omer lo le Moshe. Tolu barech. Abal ha'meinim barech. Shelo zechiti likanez l'Eretz Yisrael. Lo b'chayai v'lo b'moti. Omer lo le Yoshua. Tolu barech. Omer ha'meinim barech. Shelo zechiti l'ben. Dichtiv Yoshua binun. Nun bino Yoshua binun. That's what the Pesach says in Devrei Yamim. It's not clear where the Nun is the father or Nun is the son. Right? So it sounds like he didn't have a son. He only had a father whose name was Nun. Uh, that's what the Pesach says. Omer lo David, tolo verech, omer lemi aniya verech, velina elevarech. So David HaMelech said, yes, okay, shenema kos yusuot esan, uvishem Hashem ekrad, that David HaMelech was willing, was willing to say a bracha because he... Uh, his son finished the Beit HaMikdash that he started. So his son, Shlomo HaMelech, at least... What? Yeah, okay. 
Uh, you know, in other words, you're right. Uh, so we could try to explain the Medrash somehow, but I don't know how to explain it. And therefore, I want to focus on the fact in this Medrash that Avram Avinu said, I can't say Birkat Amazon for this audience because I had a son whose name was Yishmael. So that we understand that the end of the story of Yishmael was that Yishmael was as Sarah prophesied that he was not worthy and even though at the moment of bris milah, the moment of circumcision, it seems that he is Bini, Beno, he is the son of, of uh, Avram Avinu, meaning it's some sort of parity between them, but he loses that, he loses that in time. So now, having said all of this, I want to tell you what the Kamarna Rebbe said. The Kamarna, the Kamarna Rebbe, some people have heard of Kamarna. Kamarna, the Kamarna Rebbe was very, um, uh, produced a tremendous number of Svarim, amongst them a kind of Mikraot Gedolot, his own Mikraot Gedolot, that had his, the, pe, the Perushim that he liked in it. And uh, either they could sell it or they couldn't sell it, I don't know, that, but they spread the following word. They said, if you have a set of Kamarna Chumashim in your house, nothing bad will ever happen. Sales rose tremendously. <laughs> right, tremendously. I ran out to buy one. And I have it in my house. I hardly ever look at it, but I have it. And I, and I hope that it'll work. <laughs> but it, it's a small investment. You know, it's like costs less than, than insurance. It's like, you know, a very small investment for perfect results. But that's the guarantee. And the Chumash is called Hechal Brachan. It's very interesting. He had his own ideas about things and he puts into his Mikraot Gedolot things that don't appear elsewhere or that are hard to find. He has them there. He was very interested in grammar. He was very interested in language. But of course also Hasidut. Now look at how the, 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 the Rebbe, in a book called Ben Beiti, interestingly enough. It's like, it's like uh, uh, small pieces on the parish. This is what he says. Avinu is asking a Baruch Hu to spare Yishmael. So. The commander Rebbe, if I would rephrase what he is saying, but he's saying something like this. What did, uh, what did Avram Avinu need all this Tzoros for? Why did he need Yishmael? I mean, what, what happened? What good thing happened from Yishmael? Why couldn't God go to Avram Avinu before Sarah came up with the Hagar alternative and say to him, listen, relax. A couple of years, you're going to have a son. His name's going to be Yitzchak, and he's going to be perfect. He's going to be the perfect child, everything you always dreamed of. What is all this Yishmael business? That's the question that the commander Rebbe is thinking about. So what is he, what is he saying? But he saying, well, you have to think in terms of the earlier generation. Adam HaRishon had two sons. Well, before he had a third son. But he had two sons originally. Cain and Hevel. 
So Avram Avinu Balitakein Komata Damari Shot Koma is the full uh, figure. That's a Koma. A Koma is the full figure. So that Adam Arishon, there was something wrong with him. Something wrong with Adam Arishon. What was wrong with Adam Arishon? He had a son named Cain. And Cain killed Hevel. And you can say, Adam Arishon, like, what did he need that for? What did he need that for? But the commander Rebbe says, Kaira says that Avram Avinu was the one who had to fix the mess up of Adam Arishon Shechata Yitzchak V'yishva'el Banav Dimyon Kain V'hevel. So he says that Adam Harishon left a lacuna in creation. After all, Cain killed Hevel. There was something wrong. And that had to be fixed. Where the good guy would be all good compared to the bad guy who would be all bad. And Cain V'hevel Right, who is the good guy in the Cain the Hevel story? Hevel. He was the good guy. And Cain killed him. Cain killed him. So that had to be changed around to another situation where the good guy would be like victorious, so to speak. And the bad guy would be gone. And he goes on and he says, he says, said, if I have another son, maybe it'll turn out like Cain and Hevel. I mean, after all, I mean, who's the guarantee that the brothers will be able to live with each other? Uh, it's a terrible idea. I could have another son. So what's going to happen is that the two sons are going to go fighting with each other like high in the heaven. Wouldn't it be better to somehow make something of Yishmael, the son that I already, the son that I already have? Lo lid od ben echad vechad mehem istalek v'zel shenemar lo lo halavai sheyichye Yishmael. Oh, I wish Yishmael will have life, meaning that he'll be the right person. V'lameli od liyitzchak. Why do I need another son? I mean, I won't be able to deal with it. Maybe Yishmael I can deal with, but two of them together? There's a little Kabbalah. I don't want to get into this. And he says, if you go to the next column, that that Avram Avinu said, Lu Yishmael 
would that he would live his life standing before standing before God. So that the way that the Kamarna Rebbe explains the reaction that Avram Avinu had, which was, according to him, he doesn't explain the Pasuk, but it was according to him that he didn't want to have another son. That he didn't think that that was the solution. Because <coughs> he was worried about the model of Kai and Hevel, where the two sons didn't get along with each other, and that the righteous son was destroyed by the less righteous son. So he said, wouldn't it be better, wouldn't it be better to try to reform Yishmael and make him into make him into a worthy make him into a worthy son so you see I mean I'm just taking it from a, a certain angle a certain angle and uh, you see everybody knows that uh, fathers and sons are always uh, like it's always a problem sooner or later it's always a problem and uh, um, the expectations are difficult right the expectations are always difficult and even Yishmael is perceived by Chazal as being reclusive, right? Religiously reclusive, very much involved with uh, his devotion and his his mitzvahs that he was doing, as opposed to his father, Avraham Avinu, who was very proactive, very involved in changing the world and making it better. Yitzchak was not like that. Yitzchak was not like that. Yitzchak's way of dealing with the problem of Yishmael was to be reclusive, not to uh, do things that Yishmael would find uh, oppressive. The person who tried to deal with uh, his brother and found it quite difficult was, of course, Yaakov. Right? The difference between Yitzchak and Yaakov was that Yaakov was the son of Avram Avinu, who was proactive in all things in Eretz Yisrael, in the family, and coming back, and taking over. Yaakov was a very proactive type of person, just like Avram Avinu was proactive. Yitzchak, Yitzchak, Olat Mimah, Kodesh Baruch said, don't leave Eretz Yisrael, just stay. Stay where you are. This is like conquering the world is not, is not, uh, is not for you. So, uh, Yishmael was always a problem in the background for Avram Avinu, and the commander Rebbe says that the model was Cain and Hevel, and Avram Avinu was afraid that there would be another Cain the Hevel story in his own household. The Akedat Yitzchak, when, when Yishmael goes to Avram Avinu, or to, to Yishmael goes to Yitzchak and say, my Messiah Nefesh is greater than your Messiah Nefesh, that could have really exploded into a, uh, into a big thing, but, you, but, but going um, to sacrifice Yitzchak was not something that Yishmael was willing to contest, right? Because when they went, it really looked like it was going to happen, and Yishmael was not willing to go with them, right? Shulachem im hachamor, the pasuk says, "You guys, right? Eliezer and Yishmael, you stay back. I'm going with Yitzchak." But they could have gone with him, perhaps, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to because they knew that something, you know, a great tragedy might uh, happen. They weren't willing to participate in that. Have a good shot.